up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 20 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixelfar. Hey, guys. On this week's show, we talk about the new games coming to NES Online, the Nintendo Labo VR kit, and we celebrate Nintendo Switch's second birthday. I can't believe it's been 20 episodes already. I can't believe it's been two years since the Switch came out. No, I can't either. Crazy, we'll talk, we'll talk about it at the end of the show. That's like it was a whole different world two years ago, and like I was in a totally different place in my life. I didn't know you, sweet boys. You know, <laughs> I hadn't discovered the magic of arrow chocolate. That's very true. Who knew? So, how are we doing this week, boys? Pretty good. High quality podcasting. All right. So, <laughs> it's, I don't think Pixel's awake. I try to throw it to you guys. We make a little small talk. We do a couple jokes. Then we get into oh, them. But all right, I guess know. I guess that's it. Pixel Pixel doesn't want a beer. He just wants he just wants to be making his next Pokemon video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, me too. After that last one, broke a thousand, got us uh, a thousand subscribers. I was like, shit, we got to make a Pokemon theory every week. Let's go. Um, speaking of which, if you haven't checked it out, uh, Pixel and I did a, a pretty sweet video where we uh, did a little bit of map analysis for the Gala region after uh, last week's Pokemon Direct, so you can go check that out over on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash loopots. They might already be on the loopots channel, seeing as a podcast is on there now. You could be watching right now, in which case you could probably click an annotation somewhere oh. and just go check it out. We need to add those cards. Now that's extra work for you, Pixel, when you're ready, you got to put the little eye thing, the cards and the little eye button. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. But we're not here to plug YouTube videos. We're here to talk video games this week. Uh, so let's kick things off by talking about what we're playing. Steve, uh, you have the most substantial news of any of us. You've been playing a little bit of <laughs> Ace Attorney, Phoenix Wright Trilogy. How is being a lawyer? It's really good. I'm currently defending myself in court. I don't really want to spoil it. I don't, because I don't know. Is it spoiling? I guess it is spoiling it. Cause I know it's an old game, but I've never played it. Yeah, I've never played it either. So, and so I don't want to spoil. But yes, I am currently defending myself in court. So, I won't. I won't say how I got there. But. All all I'm saying is you 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 told me it's going well, and then you immediately said I'm currently defending myself in court. Well, I feel I, like I feel like that means it's not going that well. <laughs> I won my first case. I got my second client off, but then suddenly. I ended up being the person that happened to be defended. So you're telling me that you had one successful case, yeah, another successful case, and then <laughs> now you're be you're 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 in court for you know potentially breaking the law. Yeah, well, like the first case was my first ever case as a lawyer, and Phoenix Wright's first ever case. Yeah, you know, he's a rookie attorney. It was his first case. He had zero confidence when the when the judge asked him if we were ready. I'm just saying, if after two cases you're already, like, on trial for potential fraud, I feel like your law career is not mm. going that hot. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe. But I'm having I'm having fun, though. I also just want to give myself a little bit of credit, because I a very dirty joke came to mind when you said that you got your second client off, and I refrained. Do you know what? I, re- I figured that. As soon as I said it, I realized that that came out of my mouth, and I was like, mm. That's but- why you're in court, isn't it? That's why you're in court. <laughs> I, like as soon as you said it, I know I made, I had a look on my face of just like, do I make this joke? <laughs> uh, but no, instead I'll explain around the dirty joke so you all at home can think it in your head, and it's on mm-hmm. you now. You're the pervert, mm-hmm. not me. So lawyering's going well. Yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's I uh, it's I guess sort of visual novelly 
Um, there's a little bit of detective work that you do before each case and you assemble a case and you go to court, you kind of present the case, you have to cross-examine witnesses and stuff. It's really quite fun. There's full touchscreen controls if you want to use those or you can use um, Joy-Cons or Pro Controller, which is good. Nice. Is is out in the West on the 20th of April. I imported it from Amazon Japan, which I highly recommend using if you want a physical copy of the game because it's only coming out digitally over here. That's in full English, isn't it, in the Japanese version? It's in full English. even comes up with the Ace Attorney logo. It's called Ace Attorney on the, um, on the menus in the game. Everything's in full English. Basically, they could have just used the same cartridge and brought it out over here, but they opted not to for some reason. I wonder if it's because it's got more European languages they want to add to it. Because, you know, we've got cater for, you know, French, German, mm-hmm. Italian. Maybe they hadn't done that bit yet. Yes, but those aren't coming out until after the digital release comes out anyway. They're coming in a future update. They're not oh. available at launch. Scrap that then. God knows why they hold it back. <laughs> yeah, what the hell are they doing? That makes no sense. So, and it 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 cost me it cost me about ten pounds extra to import it because I had to pay um, duties and postage. But ten pounds extra for a physical copy, so it cost me thirty nine pounds or thereabouts, which isn't too bad at all. And you don't get your gold points, do you? I cannot redeem the gold points because it says the software is unavailable at this point, but I'm going to try when it comes out in the UK and see if it will let me, but I don't think you can, no. <laughs> I, think, I think they're region locked, the uh, mm-hmm. gold point redemptions. That is unfair. It is unfair, yeah, but I, I would rather have a physical copy than 29 pence worth of points. I, I can live without those. This has nothing to do with Ace Attorney, but when you said the thing about importing the game, remember how I think it was like last week or two weeks ago I said I was going to import that Gamatsu uh, Yeah, the issue. The, uh, the magazine, yeah. Yeah, so I, I did it, and then I got an email from Play Asia like yesterday. They're like, sorry, we ran out of copies. You're beat. We can't. Oh, no. I was like, what? Oh, that's devastating. <laughs> and they're like, I, we just want to assure you, we exhausted all the proper channels to try and find you a copy, but you're <laughs> SOL. It's like, I, I guess thanks for trying. <laughs> I think they sell it on Amazon Japan, so you should probably check that out. I'm going to have to. You can, if you log in with your account on Amazon Japan, then Google Amazon Japan in English, because you will not find it on the website because it's all in Japanese. But if you Google Amazon Japan in English, there's a link. And then if you go to that uh, link you can click to enable your account to be to browse the whole website in english and then you can actually read it there we go all right so i'm gonna report in next week and see how it went okay well you know you could just uh use chrome and then use google translate to find the english language but i don't i don't trust it i i don't trust uh that i will if i used chrome to translate the whole website uh, that i would end up buying something or going to the wrong place or or something just look at the pictures man Learn Japanese, man. <laughs> have have either of you ever bought an, imported anything from Amazon? No, at, at the at the height of the amiibo craze, when there was like a few that were like impossible to find in the states, I got I got Japanese versions, mm-hmm. or or uh, European. Sometimes you guys had them in like droves. I remember like yeah. every day on the amiibo subreddit, there'd be like. You know, one of the, like, British posters just being like, hey, here's a picture of, like, you know, one of our big box stores, and there's just a wall filled with Amiibo, and I'm just like, wow, must be nice. <laughs> I think the only store I ever saw them in, it was Toys R Us, and that doesn't exist anymore. Game have them in. Oh, yeah, Game do have a couple, I guess. They never really have a big collection, though. It's not like Toys R Us, where it was literally, like, a whole massive section. Yeah, we have and I never saw anyone buy them. 
We had a whole aisle. Do you guys just have a store called Game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah, it used to be Electronics Boutique, and then they got bought by someone and changed the game. And uh, we used to have Game Station as well, which was actually Game as well, but they yeah, just branded game it station, differently. Yeah. <laughs> it was bizarre. What, do they think you guys are going to get confused if they came up with a more creative name? Well, it's genius. They had Game and Game Station, and it was the same company, but like you'd go down a street and they'd you'd imagine they were competitors. So it didn't matter which store you went into. Your money was going to the same place. They sold things for different prices. That was really bizarre. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't know about all that. This is really boring. (laughs) 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 What what are you both playing? I want to hear about Baba is You. Uh, I can't tell you too much because I want to do a video on it. I'm going to do like a game in a nutshell video. Um, But I'll tell you that from what I've played so far, it's really fun and you should go buy it. Okay, I, I will. It's out on, I think we'll talk about when it's out later on, but I think it's out next week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, so for me, I'm going to keep it brief, but uh, I picked up um, I picked it up a while ago, and I mentioned it on the show, but uh, a little game called Downwell, which is uh, uh, a really, really cool, innovative platformer that was originally on mobile and then came to like PSP and PS4, or not PSP, PS Vita. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> R.I.P. PSP. Um, and it's a game I'm really fond of. It's a very, very creative uh, platformer where instead of going like left to right, you just like fall down a well. And it has yeah. like a slight roguelike element to it, um, which we talked about when we had Max on the show a couple weeks ago, where like you get a certain amount of health and then when you die, you start your run over again. But like you don't keep getting better, you know, so it's not like really a roguelike. It's just kind of like I don't know. You you're constantly restarting and going for another run and trying to get better. Does the run does the run change or does it keep it everything in the same position so you're memorizing it? Uh, more more everything in the same position. Like there okay. is variance. Like the enemies might like move in a specific like in a different way or spawn in a different part of the screen a little bit, but like it's generally the same every time. Um, so it, it is really just about like kind of like that like Mega Man style like memorizing like okay yeah. I know a thing's gonna come up here I know I can bounce here and shoot here and like try to keep my momentum going so that my runs are better you know mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like when I'm too frustrated to keep playing Wargroove this has been the game that I've been jumping to lately because Wargroove is hard as fuck <laughs> I've, I've kind of given up on Wargroove at the moment because it was too hard I think I need to clear my head and go back and give it another shot yeah i took i took a couple like days off of it because i was just like stuck on a level where i was like i don't want to play this anymore like Mm -hmm. i'm mad i'm just mad that it's so hard and like when you go to turn down the difficulty it does that thing where it's like well you can turn it down but you're gonna be on easy mode and you'll only be able to get one star from now on and i was like mother (laughs) it has like a message or something doesn't it like it was designed to be challenging blah 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 and i'm just like it's like, all right, okay. fine, belittle me because I want to beat this level. That's fine, <laughs> Wargroove. So, in, in Downwell, though, have you been playing it in handheld, flipped vertically and holding no, it that way, no. or have you been, you've just been playing it normally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you like, I don't have the that thing that flip, Max has. Flip grip. Yeah, the flip grip. So uh, I'm just playing it normally, and it looks totally fine. Like it's just like I thought it would be. Like there's just black. fills the middle yeah there's black on the sides of the screen and it's just the middle and it looks totally fine you know um but yeah it's i just wanted to take like one last time to talk about it because i doubt there'll ever be a reason to talk about this game again 
And it's really fun and super affordable. So if you're looking for like a cheap, innovative platformer, <laughs> could not recommend Downwell more highly. Do you know, I've just thought of something else I've been playing that we we all need to talk about at some point is Deltarune. Oh, I started yes. it this week. Did we need to do another Pixel? game club. I haven't played it yet. How about I'll, I'll play it this week and on the next podcast we'll do a Deltarune club just like we did under Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cause have, you, have you played it? I haven't replayed it either. So I've I, just, I've, I've just done the bit. I've just gone past the bit in the school, so I've gone into the closet. Okay. Spoilers, spoilers. And and I won't say anymore. But I've done that, and then I've done a bit more. Okay. So you're you're still pretty early on. How how in how long is this like what, first three episodes? It's like three or four hours. It's pretty long. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, that's gonna be exciting. We'll we'll definitely pick up with that next week uh, with a, a little game club action. All right, so jumping into the news this week, we're kicking things off with uh, the next batch of games that will come to the Nintendo Switch Online NES Collection, and they are Kid Icarus and Star Tropics. I have never, ever heard of Star Tropics. Really? Yeah, I have no idea. This is no one of the games I know about. I'm, I, like, I'm looking at screenshots of it right now from our article, and I'm like, yeah, I don't even, I don't recognize this at all. It's it's sort of like um, the original Zelda, but it takes place over like multiple islands. You play this star high school baseball pitcher that can throw things at enemies when he's huh. out, and, he, and he's visited his uncle, who is called Doctor Jones, who's an archaeologist, which is clearly based on Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. And he's gone to a tropical paradise, and then found out his uncle's been abducted, and now you have to go rescue your uncle with the power of baseball. Yeah, and then along the way, you find you find like villagers who might help you or not help you, and give you weapons. Then you get access to your uncle's submarine, and you can go to other islands and it's handy. Your uncle has stuff. a submarine. Eh? Very handy that your uncle has a submarine for his archaeological uh, archaeological dig. This is the most eighties thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, but apparently, I was talking to my friend about, it and he was like, "Oh, I remember this. It's like what Japan thinks America was like in the eighties." <laughs> So I'm interested to see what you think about the game if you do play it. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot at some point. Um, but I'm I'm really excited about Kid Icarus because I've actually never played Kid Icarus. Like, obviously, I know it. I know Pit from Smash, and you know, like I'm familiar with the Eggplant Wizard and all that stuff. But I've never like actually gotten my hands on Kid Icarus. So I'd I'd love to give it a shot. And they're both coming out on March 13th, so next week. So it's only t- it's only two games. Don't we normally get three? No, it's usually no, it's two, usually and then two. they do the S- SP ones. Oh, but, yeah, of course. So I wonder what the SP one's going to be. This what, what came out last month? So it'll either be an SP Super Mario Brothers 2, or an SP Kirby's Adventure, or an SP version of both. What do you think? I feel like it's going to be Mario. Yeah, I'd go I with think Mario. it'll be Mario, yeah. All right, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so something to look forward to there. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to give both of these a shot. So uh, moving right along, we've got Turok announced for nintendo switch coming in march so like literally i think it's next week uh mm-hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't even say it was announced it's just appeared on the eShop, <laughs> and everyone was like hey look two rocks on the eShop. what's going on and it, it's like it's literally the uh it's the same version where they did the hd remaster that came uh to xbox one and pc i want to say like last year maybe a year before that it came to PC, I think, in 2017. It came to Xbox last month. Okay. 
So yeah. So it's fairly recent to consoles. But yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 like the remaster of the original like N sixty four version. So I I never played it when it got re released on PC. I don't own an Xbox. I I'm like low key thinking about picking <laughs> this one up. I loved Turok back in the day. It yeah. is a terrible game. Absolutely terrible. That's why it's so good. <laughs> it is like, but it's terrible in that like wonderful '90s like N64 way where it's like, yeah, like the aiming is bad and the AI is dumb and the <laughs> graphics are terrible, but and the story makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just like okay, all right, you're this caveman Turok, and you're gonna come to the future where there's dinosaurs and robots and and dinosaur robots. And aliens. In the article that Pixel wrote, there's... I wrote this article, thank oh, wait, you very much. wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm sorry, I... <laughs> Steve, Steve wrote this one. I'm sorry, you're just such a Turok hater. I guess I, I guess I forgot. I'm not a Turok hater. I'm just, I see my boyfriend play this game maybe once every couple of weeks. It's his favorite wait, game on what? the N64. He plays it every couple of weeks? <laughs> he loves, he, he absolutely fucking loves this game. He's going to make you get it, isn't he? <laughs> We're going to be very good friends. <laughs> He puts he puts the cheat in that I put on as the subtitle, right? He puts that cheat in, which is on and on the eighth day that God invented Turok or something, <laughs> and and then just uses all the weapons and just blasts his way through and has fun just using all of the mega weapons with unlimited bullets just to kill all the dinosaurs. <laughs> That's basically how he plays the game. <laughs> I just wanted to call out this first screenshot. That Steve captioned, look out for the T-Rex's laser eyes, and it's just a robot <laughs> T-Rex with the most lo-fi, like, red laser shooting out of his eye. Come on, man, Turok. Like, First thing is, the laser's going through his own face. <laughs> yeah, it's clipping. It, it's terrible. But I, I loved this game. I'd love to play it again. And uh, apparently Turok 2 Seeds of Evil is also mm-hmm. going to be coming, which... Uh, Night Dive Studios, who's the developer, confirmed to their official Discord. So, March 18th, Turok, guys. Here's my question. Does this mean Turok is coming back? Because I would love, like, let's get let's get a God of War-style reboot. Let's get to the emotional core oh, of you Turok, imagine? you guys. Who, uh, who owns the rights to it, though? I don't know who owns it. Because it's, it's a Valiant comic, and Acclaim bought Valiant comics, and that's how they got Turok. I don't know who owns Valiant comics anymore, though. I mean, didn't you just say Acclaim bought them? Yeah, Acclaim went bust. Oh, That's right. how Night Dive Shit. Studios ended up with it. Oh my god. we gotta, I gotta find this out. I, there, there's a rabbit hole for me to jump down here some <laughs> at some point now to learn about where Turok is at, you know? Like, as, as a franchise. Alright, so listen. For later, I've pulled up the Turok Dinosaur Hunter uh, <laughs> Wikipedia page. I will report back in the future. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did- i think we should just talk about Torok for every episode now just because steven loves it so much Torok watch was not aware that it was originally a comic book i learned something today oh i didn't know until i read that article so it's fine well uh hopefully i'll have some hot Torok facts for you next week okay <laughs> <laughs> so uh moving right along the vr kit from Nintendo Labo that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago when we had Stealth on the show, and we were all like, no, I don't know. I don't think it's real. Why, how would that even work? It's real. It's happening. Well, then I distinctly remember the conversation slightly differently to that. The conversation was, are they going to do VR? And it was like, 
uh, maybe, maybe. And then, like, I think we all agreed the consensus was if they're going to do it, it's going to be a Labo kit and it's not going to be a full-on yeah. Oculus Rift-style thing. And I think I said, oh, it'd be like Google Cardboard. It looks exactly like Google Cardboard. Called it, <laughs> baby! <laughs> so funny, isn't it? Like, the only way that it's even viable with the Switch's screen is to make it as kind of like a hobby project where it's like Labo. I, there's no way they can use it for any proper games just because I, I really want to see what it looks like firstly you know actually experience the yeah. vr myself because I, I just can't see it being good how's it gonna be so good that head tracking is gonna be absolutely nauseating oh, i lo- i love the i don't know what kit it was but that guy's got a long pipe coming out of his face yeah holding yeah. <laughs> it like that <laughs> That's the blaster. That's the blaster, isn't it? The face blaster. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing for me. If if everything is black backgrounds with like a horrible red pixel graphics, <laughs> then I'm all in. All right? I, I think that's what the Labo Garage is going to be like. I mm. think that's what you're making, the Labo Garage. I really hope so, because that's hilarious. Yeah, uh, so in the article that uh, Steve, not Pixel, wrote. No, I definitely write this one. <laughs> the uh the full quote twenty four years after Virtual Boy Nintendo revisits virtual reality and I was like ooh what a dig <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they'll put Virtual Boy games into it or like that would be cool like a little mini game I would yeah. like to see that if they yeah. did that I'd actually buy it the my favorite one of the little contraptions that you get with it is the the bird that looks like you're looking at the bird's ass it literally just looks like you're on your like face. sticking your eyes directly <laughs> in a bird's butt. It's it's. I don't know who thought that one was a good idea, but the the best one and the one I'm most interested in is the camera. I really want to see how that works with the IR thing on the end of the Joy-Con as to how that how that looks and how that that works. Yeah. Apparently, according to the press release, you it takes you underwater and you take pictures of like sea life and stuff. But I'd like to see what you can do with the Labo Garage and whether you can use like the IR sensor to get an image from it and then take a picture with it through through the like IR viewfinder kind of thing. How are you not interested in the one that looks like an elephant where you have to hold the trunk? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a that is a good point. I do want to know what that one does. Nintendo's premier elephant simulator. (laughs) That that elephant one looks like it's gonna be really difficult to hold onto your face because none of these headsets have like a strap that holds it on. It is just hold it up to your face. The thing with the elephant thing is like it has all the white dots on the front and like I'm just like, is that supposed to be its face? You know that like uh the mask that I think it's the Tom Clancy character, it's in Splinter Cell, where it's like yeah. the, three, oh, yeah, looked, the night looked, vision, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam Fisher, yeah. It looks like if Sam Fisher had like an elephant sidekick and he's like, All right, we gotta put on your black ops mask. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the dots. Uh, if you look at the tr- the very end of the trunk that's got a Joy-Con in, the IR sensor is pointing back towards you, so it's obviously tracking your face oh, using those dots. Yeah. I- I'm interested to see how all of this works. I I do want to know. I'm curious. I d- I don't understand how a piece of cardboard can hold the entire Switch's weight to start off with. I I think it comes with a piece of plastic. If mm. I'm honest, the bit inside that looks like it rests on the bridge of your nose looks like plastic. That and definitely looks like ob- plastic, yeah. Obviously, the lenses are made of either plastic or glass. Yeah, they're, they're cardboard, too. You'd have to <laughs> use your imagination. It's translucent cardboard, Steve. Keep up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is coming out on April 12th for $80. It's quite pricey. Or you can get the starter set, which only comes with the um, the blaster, the one that's the big gun that's coming off of the kid's face. So Nintendo's just like, look, 
Yeah, whatever. You could pay like $200 and get a real VR headset from Sony, or you could give us half that money and buy a piece of cardboard to stick on your face. Obviously, this is the way of the future. I know you're jesting, and I know you're joking, but I do think it's really cool. And I, I, I think if I was a kid, this would be really awesome to play with. I'm interested in seeing what the garage does and what you can do that because seeing some of the things that people did with the uh, the last kits was awesome. Here's the thing: it comes with Toycon Garage. Is that the same one that came in the previous kit? No, they have said in their press release that they're going to uh, reveal what the Toycon Garage in this does at a later date. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's annoying because otherwise, if they'd done it as an update to the current one, you could have just bought the replacement cardboard parts from Nintendo and got it cheaper. No, you have to buy the software, and the software doesn't come with the expansion set, so it only comes with either the starter kit or the uh, the Labo 4 VR kit. So if you want the expansions, you're looking at like $140 investment, right? The way it works is the you get you can buy everything for $80, or you could buy the starter set, and then buy the expansions afterwards. So the way I would probably do it is the starter set... And then I would buy the expansion pack one, which comes with the camera, because I really don't care about the bird or the pedal. You don't want to be an elephant. You've got to be an elephant. The elephant, run around the elephant comes elephant. in the first expansion pack. Uh... So the first expansion pack is the the camera and the elephant, and the second expansion pack is the bird and the pedal. And you're not you... you're not interested in the swan butt simulator? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I wonder if you can explore, like, the bird's digestive tract. Oh, God. <laughs> well, no, see, this is actually why they delayed Untitled Goose Game. This is actually, it's a it's a Labo title. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool if they integrate it. Because you know how they integrated, like, um, the wheel one into Mario Kart? If they yeah. integrate this into some of the other games, it'd be really cool. Oh, imagine if they did, like, Wind Waker port on Switch, and then you could use a Labo camera to take the pictures in Wind Waker. That would be cool. Oh, no, 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 Pokemon Snap. If they release Pokemon Snap. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> we finally have the camera that we need. Oh, my God, Nintendo. Please, just put out Pokemon Snap. Just do it. Just satiate us. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth $60, but put it out at 20 That'd be amazing. It wouldn't even be hard. They already have all the 3D models. Imagine how many Labo kits they'd sell if they went, oh yeah, this is compatible with the newly announced Pokemon Snap game. Sold, yeah. Everyone would buy it. It'd be sold out everywhere. I'd buy it, because I'm a mark. This is the only one I'm actually interested in so far of Labo. Because I, I just, I don't know. I've never got into VR. Though. I'm like interested in the keyboard one that they put out for the novelty of it, but it's very much mm. just like, do I really want to build a keyboard? And then like it has like 10 keys. It's like, it would be like a fun challenge to be like, oh, I'm going to write a song on my Nintendo Switch with the Labo. Because like... She's <laughs> in like one octave. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, is there even like a Switch like button that I can change the octave? And it's like, I don't know. But I still kind of want to do it. The way it works is you have like little cogs and you put them in and then you can twist the cogs and it used like the tape and the IR camera to detect like what you'd put in and you could change it. It was awesome. That's so cool. So w- when they inevitably like are just trying to move this stuff and they're like twenty dollars, let's go, then I'll buy it. But <laughs> until then, I-, I don't think they'll ever reduce the price on this. They they seem to be selling all right. They've never reduced the price on it. But then Nintendo never seems to reduce the price on anything. They never reduced the price on the Wii U and that didn't sell very well. I can't believe that they... (laughs)
All right, whatever. We're moving on. So uh, we got another announcement of a of a, a classic indie title coming to the Nintendo Switch to the Moon, which uh, is like I've never played to the Moon, but it's one of the earliest like indie titles I remember getting like critical acclaim. You know, where like I remember it dropping and like it came out all the way back in like two thousand eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like. I, I remember that being like, oh, yeah, it's this, like, really hot game that got made in RPG Maker, and everyone's talking about it. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, I I used RPG Maker to, like, fart around with, like, game design, but I was always like, what's the point of this? You can't even release your game when it's done. It only plays in RPG Maker, and then I, somebody found a way. Yeah, it, I think it was really cool that it's, it was entirely made in RPG Maker. What I find really cool is that someone's made the effort to remake the entire thing in Unity to bring it to the Switch. Yeah, I can only imagine how long that must have taken to just be like, all right, let's remake this game from the ground up. But yeah, really cool. Like I it's always kind of been on my like radar of like, oh, I should really go back and play that game. But now that it's on Switch, I've got the opportunity to do so. Is this like a uh, like an RPG like Undertale or is it like a, a puzzle one or an adventure? You know, what's the kind of formula? Visually, it looks like um, Link to the Past. Like that that era, SNES era RPG. I think it's more story centric than having like groundbreaking kind of aesthetics or or gameplay like Undertale because it was made an RPG maker. And there's no combat, like a 16 bit walking simulator. <laughs> it doesn't sound like something I'll pick up. I'll be honest. Pixel doesn't like good stories, you guys. That's why he thought that Hollow Knight was a better game than Undertale. Mm, it's why he really hates Firewatch. He told me many times how much he hated that game. I love Firewatch. It's awesome. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you say I don't like Firewatch? I know you like Firewatch. I know you told you've said many times. <laughs> but yeah, that's so why the- I think that's that's a similar kind of genre as, as this game, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's beautiful. Okay, so you only want to play in a nice looking three three D st- walking sim. There's, there's like three. Well, just four. But there's three most important elements to a game to me, and that's the story is one of them, the graphics are another, and the gameplay is another one. Like music, yes, that's always a bonus. But if I don't have at least two of those three elements, then I generally don't enjoy the game. Like if it's got bad graphics and it doesn't have combat, like gameplay that draws me in, then and it's literally just story, that's not enough for me. But it can have really good story and really good graphics, and that'll pull me in. Or, you know, really good gameplay and really good story, that'll pull me in. But, you know, if it's missing two of the three, I struggle to get into them. What would you say Undertale had then? Because it definitely didn't have the good graphics. Get out of here! The graphics are stylized! I'm tired of you guys saying it was bad! It is bad graphics, but... You're it is bad have, graphics! It's, it's ugly. Oh my <laughs> god. It had really interesting gameplay with, like, the combat method. That that yeah. was that's what drew me in. I, I found that the, the gameplay was awesome, the story was awesome, the music was awesome. Mm-hmm. The graphics left something to be desired, I'm afraid, Pete. You leave something to be desired, you Philistines. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to listen to people talk ill of one of the greatest games ever made, and we'll talk more about To the Moon in summer 2019 when it comes to Nintendo Switch, because mm-hmm. I will definitely be checking it out. Let's get it out this week. Uh, it's a it's a short one, not too many games out uh, this week. We've got a lot right around the corner, though, so... Makes sense. But uh, on Friday, March 8th, we've got uh, Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn coming to the 3DS. Probably one of the last 3DS games that will ever be released. Thank God. 
Uh, no, nah, Persona Q2 is going to be the very last, I expect. They love, they, what, I don't know what it is about Persona and just getting their games out just in time for the end of a generation of consoles. Yeah, it's going to be the swan song of the 3DS, I think. It's not that bad, though. If you look at, like, Ubisoft and the games they release, you know, they're still releasing bloody Just Dance on Wii. <laughs> Yo, people you know? buy it every year. That's the I know. thing. I don't know oh, why. FIFA's but... probably coming out back on those old consoles as well. <laughs> Man, there's a botched uh, reboot. So uh, Tuesday, March 12th, we've got Claybook. Steve did not include a link, so I have no idea what this is. What do we got? It looks like a claymation-y, puzzle-y kind of game where everything's like shaped and molded out of um, plasticine or, cl- or clay. I think I sent it to you before, Pixel, and you were like, eh, it looks all right. I don't think, I don't think all right was the word I used, I'll be honest. No, it wasn't. I was being polite, okay? <laughs> That's the level of game that that we're bringing to the table here. Steve, I, you curate this list, and you're telling me a game that you don't even remember, and you're like, Pixel was like, eh. I think it looks cool. Okay. So you're going to stand by it? I, I think originally it was a VR game. All right. All Maybe right. you can play it with Labo VR. Ooh. Just put your goggles on and put it up to your face. And... With the power of Labo VR, you too can put clay right next to your face. <laughs> Uh, so I'm looking at the screenshots for this, and there's like a little boy in the background of like a yeah, lot he's of like these shots. Staring, right? He's he, like he's deeply unsettling. Like, is this a horror game or no? Steve's scaring me right now. <laughs> he's just he's just staring at us with dead dead eyes. Yeah, that's what this kid looks like. He looks like one of those Funko Pop characters with giant dead eyes that just look at no, you. No, because they're at least some of them are cute. This no, thing, none of this them kid are. is just fucking creepy, dude. He's creepy. Oh, wow. He really is. He, it, it literally, like, if you told me this was a horror game where you played, like, a toy who gets tortured by a child, I would believe yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Mr. X is coming up the stairs. Can't you see him in the back? Uh, all right. We're moving along. Uh, so Wednesday, the 13th, uh, we've got Baba Is You, which uh-huh. we talked about quite a bit last week. We teased at the top. Um, Pixel's really excited for it. We're going to have a video out about it next week. Or... Maybe the week afterwards, I'll give him a little bit of wiggle room. Wiggle, wiggle. No, I reckon Babbage is going to be a e-shop trend. And we're going to have a full comprehensive review from you next week of the podcast, right? Well, you'll have an article review. I think maybe not next week. I can't remember the embargo. It must be next week. Either way, the point is we're going to talk about this game quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we won't we won't belabor the point now. Uh, and then also, like we we talked about in the news, Kid Icarus and Star Tropics come out that same day on the NES Online app. And that's about it, isn't it, for games coming up? There's hardly anything this week. Slow week. Really quiet week. Slow week. So if you want to let us know what games you're interested in picking up this week, talk to us about any of the news items we talked about or anything else. Uh, remember that you can hit us up at potscast at lupots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lupots.com. Follow at lupots on Twitter. Visit us at lupots.com. Uh, go head over to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash lupots, to make sure you know when we go live for our uh, semi-weekly streams. And uh, go visit us at youtube.com slash lupots, where we're putting up all kinds of hot new videos. Pixel and I came at you with that sweet map analysis of the Galar region. Uh, it's still up. It's still fresh. You can go and see all of the Pokemon Gen 8 gyms revealed. We think we found all of them, or at least most of them. Uh, and then we've got some other really tight ones. Uh, Pixel's actually working on uh, something else right now. 
So you're going to want to go subscribe. We just broke 1,000 subscribers last week. So thank you all so much if you're already one of those subscribers. If you're not, make sure you head over there. And if you are listening to the show right now on YouTube, make sure you give us a like on this video. Uh, share it with your friends. Click that notification bell so that you know when our weekly videos go up. And uh, if you're an audio-only listener, make sure you uh, show us a little bit of love there too. If you give us a like on your platform of choice or bounce over to uh, Apple Podcasts, almost at iTunes there, and uh, give us one of those sweet five-star reviews. It really helps the show get recognized and get new eyes and ears on what we're doing here at Leapots. All right, so uh, for our main topic this week, I wanted to take the opportunity to celebrate a little milestone. Just this last week, March 3rd, Right? Is that right? It's March 3rd. Yep, March 3rd. March 3rd. Cool. Yep. I, I said it with like a lot of confidence. And then I was just like, <laughs> I'm not really sure that that's the date. Uh, so March 3rd was the two-year anniversary of the Nintendo Switch. We're in the terrible twos now. Uh, the Nintendo Switch is, it's it's up. It's got its feet. It's walking. You know, maybe, maybe a stumble here or there. But in general, it's been a real strong two years for Nintendo. And uh, we, we just kind of want to take the opportunity to look back on these last two years, celebrate some highlights, uh, lament some low points, and look forward to what year three with what may be my favorite Nintendo console uh, is going to look like. So let, let's start with the story of when we got our Switch, why we got our Switch, any, any fun anecdotes about it or what have you. Steve, why don't you start us off? I think it was the, uh, must have been the second week it was out. I didn't get one on, at launch. I wasn't, because I kind of given up on Nintendo with the Wii U. I didn't bother, <laughs> get, I didn't, I didn't bother getting one. Um, Can you imagine in an alternate universe out there, Steve's, Steve's like still playing his Dreamcast or whatever. He's on a Sega podcast instead. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the, and the Dreamcast wasn't a failure and they brought another console out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I saw a GDC talk about Breath of the Wild. And Such then good making talk. it's amazing talk and seeing the how, how cool it was and how, how much you could explore and the, the cooking really sold it to me, like the little dance music that it makes when it's a, <laughs> yeah i was just like i really want to play this game and that was entirely what sold me on getting a switch i i saw the talk i saw breath of the wild i saw how awesome it looked and that was the first time i'd seen breath of the wild i hadn't wow. been paying attention at all to any of it and that was the first time i saw it was them showing it and that seeing the like the level of detail they went into with the exploration and the 2D prototype that they made in order to figure out how everything would work, like you shoot through the fire and it does this and that, and how you could just like cut anything down and it would make it into a bridge or you could climb up anything you see and you could jump off things. It just looked awesome. And that's when I went and bought a Switch. So, well, that's crazy that you had like been radio silent on it. Like you hadn't seen any of it before that because... I remember like when they first showed it off at E3, I was a little bit like, ooh, I don't I don't know about this. Like, I don't know about like the weapon degradation and like all this like just all this open world stuff. You know, I don't know that I yeah. want that in a Zelda game. And then like by the time the GDC talk had rolled around and everything, like we'd already seen a good amount of it and I was just like, Oh whoa, this is gonna be something special. You know, this is gonna be something that like really moves the needle in a way Zelda hasn't in a long time. And uh, yeah, I mean, I obviously it was a great game, lived up to the hype. Was that the first time you guys really started paying attention to 
well, Zelda Wii U, as oh. I knew it as. No, that's the thing. I've been, you know, like, I'm a, a psycho about keeping up with games. So, like, I've been paying attention to it since it was a Wii U title. And mm-hmm. before that, the Switch or the NX, if you'll remember oh, the God. code name, had even been revealed. You know, so I was like already in on it. It was like, oh, it's the next Zelda. Of course, I'm paying attention to it. But I was like sold on the idea of the the NX before we had that Switch event reveal. Because back in the Wii U era, I was like very much of the like I had come to the opinion that I was like Nintendo should stop making consoles. No, that was exactly the stance I was in, and I was just like, why are Nintendo bothering? And then hearing all the leaks of the NX, and I was like, well, they're they're not going to pull this off. Look what they did with the Wii U. It's going to be some horrible, crappy, resistive touchscreen. It's going to look like a child's toy. It's underpowered by this Tegra processor. There's not going to be any good. Why don't they just give up and do what Sega did and make amazing games for other platforms? They could be like best-selling games with Pokemon, with Zelda, with Mario on Xbox and on PlayStation. Yeah, and I I was like, what they should do is at at most keep you know the uh, the handheld side of things going because that's always been a successful part of their business. But otherwise, like just give it up and be, become a publisher. Focus on games. You guys make good games. You make bad hardware. But when there was the news of being like they're going to converge, you know they they had that that announcement where they're like, oh, they're bringing the handheld and home console teams under the same banner mm-hmm. so that they can share more resources and make games more quickly and whatever. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then when there was the rumor of the of VNX, what would eventually become the Switch, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Like, they've already brought all these development studios in-house. They could focus their skew on one console. They can hit the home market. They can still hit the handheld market. Like, this sounds like a perfect marriage of everything that Nintendo does right. And if they nail this, I think this is the like the perfect path forward for them because they've always kind of done their own thing. But instead of being like, oh, here's a dumb gimmick. We've got motion controls. We got this stupid Fisher Price tablet <laughs> that we don't even really like have any reason to ever use. Like it, it was all about functionality. It was all about yeah. how can we fit this into every gamer's hands and every gamer's lifestyle. And it, it, it succeeds at that. I was sold on it, and I changed my mind entirely on on Nintendo should get out of the console market as soon as that initial reveal trailer came out, and there were no kids in sight, and it was yep. literally just like adults with this like real adult looking device that looked more like a, a gadget than a, a kid's kid's toy like the Wii Wii U did. And when when she took it over to like the party, and they were playing Mario Kart or whatever, or playing One Two Switch, and then playing as soon as you, I saw like Skyrim, and the the guy was playing it on the airplane. I was like, holy shit, yes, this can actually play decent games. Like Skyrim's coming to the Switch. Um, yeah, 100%, I'm sold. I'm, I definitely want one of these. And then when I saw the GDC talk like a week, a week or so um, later, uh, or in March, when a, a week or so before the console came out, I was like, yeah, 100% need, need to get one of these. I ended up getting mine on day one. And I'll be honest, the reason I got, I would have got it eventually because I always get Nintendo consoles. But the reason I got it was because I spent the entire Wii U life cycle waiting for Zelda Wii U. I was like, it's, it's going to come out. And then they released Wind Waker. I was like, okay, that's fine. I haven't played Wind Waker yet, so that's fine. But where's the next one? You know, When's the next one? When, when's the next Zelda coming out? The one that you've showcased? What have you been talking about? And then when they announced it was coming out on Wii U and Switch, I was like, well, it's clearly going to be better on Switch. So I want to play it on Switch. 
you know what? I don't think it would have been better on Switch if they hadn't have crippled the inventory mm-hmm. and the, the way that the the inventory on the tablet and how cool it was that you could like move things around. And I only saw that after the I, I had the Switch and because I knew nothing about Breath of the Wild before that. And seeing the fact that they removed that and how fiddly it is to get around the inventory in Breath of the Wild and how crucial it is to like grab ingredients and cook things to like make something spicy so you're not cold in the cold areas and stuff like that that would have been amazing on the on the wii u with the with the tablet and the fact that they took that out it kind of made well why bother getting it on the wii u when you could play it on this more powerful console well yeah and like as cool as that was like you would also have to play the game with the switch tablet so or with the wii u tablet so it's like eh. that wouldn't have bothered that wouldn't have bothered me though windbreak i played that with the inventory and although it was really handy to be able to tap stuff on the screen the amount you don't actually save any time because you take your eyes away from the main screen you look down at the tablet and in that time you could have pressed a button to open a menu yeah so yeah, I, I totally agree that like it's cool or whatever but it's not anything that's like significant enough to warrant it being on the wii u when did you get your switch Pete? I got mine day one as well. Yeah. Uh, I picked it up day one. I, I grabbed my Switch. I grabbed my second set of Joy-Cons. I bought a Pro Controller. I bought an extra charger. I bought Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart. I was like, I'm all in. Let's go. <laughs> did Did you get a Pro Controller as well at launch? I got my Pro Controller day one because I, I looked at the Joy-Cons and I loved the idea of it being, you know, like a hybrid. But I was like, I'm not going to want to use those when I'm sat on my sofa, you know. And I really, I love the, I've never had an Xbox 360 or uh, I had an Xbox 360, sorry. I never had like a new Xbox, and I loved, but I loved the, like the shape of the controllers because I always used them mm-hmm. on my PC. So I was like, and it looks like that controller, and that's like the most comfortable controller. So I was, you know, I was all in at that point. I was like, I've got to get the Pro controller, and I had the Pro controller for the Wii U as well. And I, you know, the battery life on that was astounding. And I was like, if they even get remotely close to that, you know, this is going to be my favorite controller out of every controller ever released. So yeah, I ha- I had to buy it. I I didn't get it, and I the what I got on day one, which was the neon um, switch. I think you both got grey ones, right? I got the neon one as well. So I I got a grey one and a neon one, and I, the neon one was for my missus. Okay, and yours is the grey one. It is, yeah. Okay, I got and I got the official crappy soft pouch thing. Oh, that's, so, that's such a bad case. It was terrible. So as soon as as soon as I realised that that was absolutely dreadful, and they brought I I bought the I think it's the PGP or something case. I P- can't remember P- who makes it. PDP case. Yeah, I've got that one. That's what I still use now. But the second day, I went out and bought a Pro controller because I absolutely hated using the Joy Cons <laughs> and that stupid little grip. I have no idea no idea where that grip is gone because I never use it. It's it's horrible. My hands are just not designed to use that thing. I don't hate the grip, but I, I bought it just because I knew I wanted to play Breath of the Wild with a good controller. And like from the time that they announced the Pro Controller, I was like, I want this. Like I like the shape of it, you know, like not a fan of that D-pad, but we, I couldn't have known that at the time. What other games did you did you pick up uh, with Breath of the Wild? Like, we all got Breath of the Wild. I didn't bother getting like Bomberman or anything like that. I got Snipper Clips. And then I remember buying Fast RMX fairly recently, fairly <laughs> quickly after that, because I was dying for something else to play. Yeah. Was... Oh, no, go ahead. I say, I, Breath of the Wild is obviously the one I picked up first, and I got two copies, so that I wouldn't have to take turns with my missus. Because <laughs> I really wanted to play it. 
And then I bought Snipper Clips like you, so we had a co-op games play together. And I didn't buy anything for like a month or two after that, just because Breath of the Wild was like, it sucked me in and I was obsessed with getting through the game. Yeah, at the at launch, I really just divided my time between Zelda and um and Mario Kart. Like Mario Kart was my multiplayer game when I had friends over and wanted to show them the Switch until Arms came out, and Breath of the Wild was what I was playing when I had solo time, you know. But there was like also um, Horizon Zero Dawn was out around that time. Yeah. So like I wasn't in a like oh I need games to play on my Switch. It was very much like I'm happy with what I got. Like I'm really into Zelda. I'm really into Horizon right now. Like I'm good. I I did the same as you. I because I started. I had Horizon before I bought the Switch because it came out the same week. And going back to Horizon after playing Zelda was really difficult because I wanted to jump off of everything. And <laughs> and in Horizon you can't do that. There's no um, glider that you can use to jump down and, from high high areas. And you can't she just, just like dies. climb <laughs> any wall. No, you have to look for painted yellow things, which... So who's gone around with the yellow paint bucket to put um, bits on the, the ledges you can climb up? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely had a problem with that because I was playing both of those games simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember going from uh, Breath of the Wild at one point back to Horizon and then back to Breath of the Wild, and I kept just, like, my... I kept, like, the muscle memory was fucked up. So, like, I'd press triangle to jump in in uh um horizon and i was like all right i can't fucking do this anymore so i decided i was like i'm gonna stop playing breath of the wild and finish horizon and then pick breath of the wild back up it it was it was a complicated time in my young life (laughs) i wonder how much breath of the wild really affected their sales at launch oh my god so much there are so many people i know that like um that picked it up because of the hype around Breath of the Wild. They're like, I want a Switch. I don't know if I'm going to get one at launch. Like, you know, I'll see how I feel about it. Maybe when there's a sale or when there's a couple more games, like, I'll grab it, you know? And I know a few people who, like, as soon as Breath of the Wild was the fucking hotness and it was everywhere and everyone was talking about it and you couldn't go on Twitter without seeing videos and everyone was like, I got to play this game. And well, like, what else could like what if they'd have launched with something else? What would it have been like if they'd have launched if they'd have delayed the launch and done Super Mario Odyssey? Maybe then it would have had a similar impact, but I don't think yeah. it would have. The only other game that they could have maybe launched with would have been like a the Gen Eight Pokemon game. If they'd have said this, this is available at launch and this is what you can pick up, then maybe it would have had a similar impact. But I can't imagine that any other any other of their games would have been a massive seller it's not like oh pikmin 4 yeah i'm definitely gonna go out and buy it for that maybe pick pixel would have I, I but no one else like <laughs> <laughs> definitely i'm still waiting for that game man. i think um pokemon might have shifted even more than breath of the wild if they'd launched with that just, definitely. just yeah, based I mean, on the, the name pokemon let's go sold more copies than breath of the wild hasn't it uh, i think so combined yeah, okay. so mm-hmm. it, it would have shift. It would have probably shifted more consoles. I can answer that. That's not true. Um, so, and Odyssey actually sold more units than Breath of the Wild as well. Okay. So I think Odyssey would have been a fine choice. Um, just for reference, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe best selling at fifteen yeah. million. Odyssey's yeah, yeah. got thirteen point seventy six. Smash Bros has twelve point oh eight million. Breath of the Wild has eleven point sixty eight million, and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee combined have ten. And I think it's safe to say that Pokemon Let's Go and Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are probably going to overtake Breath of the Wild in the next year. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more likely to be selling more copies now of that than they are of 
Breath of the Wild. Yeah, probably. And, and probably the Gen 8 Pokemon game this year, Sword and Shield, they're probably going to outsell both of those games. I think Sword and Shield will probably outsell everything on the console. You know, I don't think it'll outsell uh, Mario Kart, but we'll see. Okay, I think well. it might. It might. It might surprise you, dude. Ooh, so Mario Kart Eight Seven outsold Pokemon X and Y, Pokemon Sun and Moon, and Pokemon Omega Ruby and Sapphire Alpha Sapphire. Okay, but it's literally Mario Kart, Pokemon, 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 then New Super Mario Bros. Two for top selling 3DS units. So there's there's a chance there's a chance that it doesn't beat it out. Mario Kart's one of those games that everyone just has a copy of. Mm. So it's Pokemon, and there's two of them. So it's like I don't know. Like if any game is going to beat Pokemon in sales, it will be Mario Kart Eight. But I don't think that Pokemon Sword and Shield selling more than 15 million copies is crazy. Oh, no, I don't think it is. But I think uh, during that period, Mario Kart's going to continue to sell. Yeah, as in the last year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to always sell. Every single person that picks up uh, a Switch or, or every other person, like they've sold half as many copies of, of Mario Kart as they have sold number of Switches. So every other person that has bought a Switch has bought a copy of Mario Kart. Can you blame them? Mario Kart 8 is the Mario fire. Mario Kart 8 is awesome. It's so good. It's an it's amazing game. Uh, but so any other like highlights for you guys? Because like, in terms of like the best games I've played on Switch, like I just feel like there's so many. Like... In terms of original... Oh, you know what was another game I played really early? was Golf Story. Oh, Golf Story was incredible. I yeah, loved I Golf loved Story. Golf Story so much. I even bought the fan game of Patches that nice. they've done. I keep meaning to put them in a frame. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was another early one for me. ARMS, Splatoon 2. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, there are a lot of solid games on Switch that are exclusive. But I also feel like for me, the big thing was... It being the place that I played games that I had want to play. Yeah. You know, like, I liked Stardew Valley. I had already bought it on PC. I started playing it, but I just couldn't get into playing it on PC because that's not my preferred place to play single-player games. And mm-hmm. when, it, when it came to Switch, like, I, you know, I put, like, 60, 70 hours into it or whatever. I had the same thing like Hollow Knight. I bought it on PC, but I just had this terrible input lag that I just couldn't get rid of. And like I, I'd seen the game, I'd seen footage of it, and it looked like a game I'd love. And we know it is like one of my favorite games of all time now. And right. when it came out on Switch, and I played it, and there was no lag, anything, I was like, this is amazing. And that just totally blew my mind that the Switch is just getting all these games that I, a lot of them I'd already bought on PC, but I never got around to playing, or there was a problem playing them. Mm-hmm. And the Switch was getting them, I was just like, oh, this is amazing. I can't believe that Nintendo finally have a console that's getting like really good third party games on it i've repurchased so many games though like I, it's the place i want to play them. i've replayed skyrim i've replayed diablo i've replayed la noir of the big games but then on, on top of that there's like indie games like stardew valley that i i bought and and replayed inside i bought thimbleweed park i'd already bought on gog but never got around to playing it but i bought it on here and and, and played it and absolutely loved it, it became one of my favorite games uh it's just a perfect place like the fact is it's the the fact that i can take it anywhere it really is what sells it for me i don't know about both of you as to how you usually play play it do you are you more portable more docked portable normally so i have to watch terrible stuff on tv (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i i'm almost exclusively handheld i i pretty much only put it on the dock when i'm like doing a multiplayer experience like smash or mario kart or whatever like that's always gonna go on the dock but 
if I'm like just playing by myself, like yeah, it's it's pretty much always in handheld mode, and often while I have some crappy thing on TV or like if I'm watching reruns of Parks and Recreation for the hundred and fiftieth time. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing with The Office at the moment. I've been playing Ace Attorney while watching rewatching The me Office. Me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's so I literally watched every episode of Parks and Rec over the last month. Hell oh my yeah! God. I love Parks and Rec so much. Had you seen it before, or was that your first watch? My first time watching, I watched a whole <gasps> lot. What did you think? It's really good. Like the oh first few episodes, I wasn't quite sure. The first season is not good. No, they totally changed Leslie's character, so she's not a complete fucking moron in from series two onwards. Yeah, and then I was like, this is amazing. I just anyway, back to Nintendo. <laughs> Sorry, you derailed me with like my uh, my favorite show. So. <laughs> I don't know. Brooklyn Nine Nine is probably better than Parks and Rec. Tetris Nine Nine, right? First of all, no, it's not. Second of all, Brooklyn Nine Nine is excellent. So, there is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like. I could literally sit here like listing games for a while, just because oh, yeah. there are so many titles that like I've really enjoyed on the Switch, and I think like for me that's the big thing is that like obviously, you know, like I I like the Switch in general like the the library solid and everything but like the fact that it's a, a console that just fits so well into my lifestyle is like really what does it for me you know like it i play it every day and i haven't had this intimate of a relationship with a console since the xbox 360 you know like i love my ps4 i don't play my ps4 every day and uh like I, I get some time with the Switch every day because, like, the jump-in, jump-out nature of it, like, just makes it so accessible, you know? Well, it's like you can pause at any time by just pressing the off button. And it, it pauses and you can put it down and then you can pick it up. Do you do that? I always save and close the app down to save battery. Well, there's some games you can't, you can't save. Like, when I was playing Undertale, there's points in Undertale when you have to save at one of those, like, star things. Oh, no, no, no. I, I always play a game until I get to a save point. I don't stop until I get to... Like, if it's not got a save <laughs> system, I have to get to the save point before I stop playing. And I'll logically... Fair it's enough, like reading player, a book in chapters. You know, you stop at the end of the chapter, I save, and I stop playing at to that point. To some extent, yeah, but if I'm, like, reading a book and I'm too tired, or if I'm reading a book and then I get interrupted, then I'm gonna, I'll remember at a point, I'll put a bookmark in, or I'll fold a page or something. Oh, no, you don't fold pages, do you? Never yeah. fold pages. <sighs> Never fold That's pages. That's horrifying. That's horrifying, Steve. I mean, I don't anymore, I've got a Kindle, but I used to fold pages. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I often just do the suspend suspend software thing and like bounce out yeah it's it's way easier no, totally well I, I mean, it's there to be used but you know i'm one of those i'm one of those people <laughs> that's just out there thinking what if the battery dies while it's suspended and then i go back and it's like, dead. that anxiety loomed over me for maybe about a year of what if my switch gets bricked or stolen and i lose my breath of the wild save until they finally brought cloud back up in switch online finally and that was what eighteen months in. It was, like it was a while in. Yeah. yeah, it was too long, way too long. There's still no SD card backup. Like, why can't I just back up my saves to an SD card? Then hacking, you know, 3D, every, all the 3DS exploits made use of the SD card to get the files into the system. Yeah. Well, it's it's not exactly like the the Switch is rock solid at this point, is it? Well, no, but if they did backup <laughs> to SD cards, then you know the Tegra 
vulnerability, it'd be so much easier to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things, isn't it? Nintendo always, always get hacked within the first year. Every console I've ever released has been a hack within the first year. And I think it's just their way of, or it was their way of trying to protect themselves. And, you know, the 3DS. They'd have been all right on this one if they hadn't got screwed over by NVIDIA. Well, you know. Hey. Hackers happens. are always going to find a way, man. Yeah, yeah. it's always a way. Like, you say that, but like if you look at, say, the PS4, it's it's seemingly never really been hacked in a terrible way and if they if it has they just get banned instantly off of psn sony's a lot better at it like it took it took people years to crack the vita you know mm-hmm. um so i mean they learned their lesson with the psp which was basically yeah, it was about five minutes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like oh you bought this cool it's an mp3 player and an nes uh emulator now what do you think of switch online in general though like that's for me it's a massive disappointment yeah i was really excited for it at the beginning and then I was like, wow, we're getting NES games well, we're getting cloud backups. Now, you know, I, just, I don't use any of it. I pay for it, but I don't use any of it. How are you guys going to say that? We've I'm been talking about Tetris, Tetris for the last Tetris, two weeks. Yeah, Ooh, it's yeah. Tetris 99. That's you are absolutely true. using it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think it's fine. Like, I, I don't understand all the negativity around it. Like, I feel like people are very down on it as a service, but it's $20 a year, which is totally reasonable asking mm-hmm. price. We got this solid NES library, which I've enjoyed quite a bit. And Tetris 99, which was another great free game that they released to us that you could only play on Nintendo Switch, and I play it every day. I, t- I totally I cannot about say Tetris. that I cannot say that twenty dollars a year per person is a decent price when it's still P2P networking. You still get bogged down when you go on Smash Bros online because someone's got a slow internet connection and you're going at like two frames a second because you're trying to match everyone to that crappy person's internet. It's just isn't. It's not great. It's not a great service. There's still no built-in voice chat. You still have to use that crappy app that still only supports Splatoon two for any decent features for some reason. I'll give you that. Those that that aspect of it sucks. That's definitely true. And that's the main aspect. That's what you're paying for. Yeah, because I'm like, not if that, though. Like for me, I'm paying for the access to the games and so that I can play. I really Tetris. don't care about the NES games. I like, do. When they add when they add SNES games or Game Boy games, then I'll be excited. But until then, it's just. For me, it's just a subpar service that I'm paying for for them to use P2P networking on my internet connection. If they release more games like Tetris 99, then, you know, I think that the asking price is fair. It's, it's the cheapest online service out of every console. By so, a lot. You know, it's not by a lot. We had this discussion on the podcast before because it's like all of the other ones is all the other ones are this, is like a family account because it's not per account. It's per console. Whereas Nintendo's is per account on the console. So you have to compare it to the family account, which is $40. Mm, I suppose. And in that case, it's the same, it's the same price, but the other services cheaper. get the other services get you so much more. No, they don't though. Yes, they do. Xbox Live I get three free games every month with Xbox Live Gold. I get built-in voice chat. I can have parties with my friends. Okay. Hold on. First of all, you're right. Games with Gold is a great service. PS Plus is a great service. Even if you go with the $40 family thing, it's still $20 cheaper, and you are getting two free games a month. You just don't want to play them. Free NES ROMs from like okay. three decades and, and, ago. And, and what did we talk about about Games with Gold? I remember you bringing it up and being like, oh yeah, it's the free Games with Gold games, which everyone downloads and then never plays. How is it any Cube different? Two. I got Cube 2 on Games with Gold in December. 
That's a now a th- that's now a thirty dollar game on the Switch. But you said you didn't even play it until it came out on Switch. So what <laughs> value did it actually provide you? It's no uh, uh, different. Yeah, fair fair enough. Yeah, but it's it's there. But if Nintendo did a similar thing, or if even if Nintendo gave discounts, like really the only two benefits people have got from Switch Online besides the NES games are the ability to pay an extra fifty dollars for some Joy Cons. Some free clothing in Splatoon 2 and Tetris 99. Tetris 99 is worth the price of admission alone. That's a, <laughs> I would have paid forty dollars. It is. For it's that a great game. game. I'd have, I'd have paid I'd have paid fifteen quid for it. So, I, I would have paid fifteen quid. So so what are we talking about here? You're telling me that it wasn't worth it, but I would have spent fifteen dollars for one of the free games they gave me. So for five dollars more, <laughs> they gave you the NES library and the ability to play other games online. I'm just saying, I feel like it's fine. Like it has a lot of room to improve. I'm not denying that, but I'm not I'm not down on it as a service. That's all I've got to say. I think it's you know it's one of those things where like I don't use it as much as maybe was I thought I would when I bought it, but I don't sure. regret purchasing it. That's the thing. There's there's a difference there. It's I don't regret getting it, but I just don't really see until you reminded me of Tetris and nine nine what benefits I'm actually getting from the service, mm-hmm. you know, now opposed to when it first launched. Because when it launched, sure I was jumping in playing all the NES games. I was really excited about that. I even played some with Steve over online connection and that was wow. really fun. But now that, you know, these constant NES game updates, uh, they're not kind of drawing me back to it. Maybe if they switched over to something like Game Boy games or SNES games, then I might play them again. But at the moment, you know, there's so many good games on the console and they're releasing like weekly. There's always a decent game once a week. You know, I just don't have time to go back and play old NES games and... I've never even checked to see if my cloud backups have gone through. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I checked that straight away. That was the first thing I checked to make sure my Zelda save was back. No, I've yeah, never even looked. The majority of people haven't subscribed to Switch Online. They've had 8 million paid subscribers and they've sold, what, over 30 million Switches? Something yeah, like that, so yeah. It's like 30. So, so there's 22 million people that haven't bothered to buy Switch Online. That's a, that's a lot of people that aren't playing online games on the Switch. Or they are playing online games on the Switch, but they're free-to-play games. You can play Fortnite, Paladins, um, what's the other one? War something. Oh, um, Warframe. Warframe. You can play all of those for free. Completely for free. And all of those games have built-in voice chat. Nintendo really need to bring out a, you know, like a Splatoon-type game, but with an even larger appeal. So, I don't know, like, if Pokemon, the new Gen 8 Pokemon... If you had to pay for online to do something substantial in there, like online battles, and that was the main focus of the game, then I think you'll see a lot of those people all of a sudden start subscribing. And I think with more subscribers, Nintendo will probably up the quality of the content we get through the online subscription. Because if there's not that many people that are, you know, they've dived in yet, then Nintendo are probably still being quite cautious about where they spend their money. Yeah, I think it's really just like, for me, all I really feel like I want is I want the, them to improve the quality of the internet because the fact that, like, there is still, like, a lot of issues with, like, Smash matchmaking and stuff, like, is not great in my mind. Um, but even, like, more so than that, I really just want to see them add more to the online app. Like, I want NES titles or SNES titles. I want Game Boy titles. Like, I would love to see them start adding more to that library more frequently. Like, I'm not... 
I'm fine with the two games a month, but I'd be happier if it was like two games a week. You know, it's like there's so many of these games that they can leverage over time. Like, but I don't want to wait for them. Like, I just want them now. And like, how many NES games were there? Were that ever released? That's been a huge amount, right? Only a few hundred. So Seven hundred and fifteen. So if they do two a month, it takes them 357 months to release every single game well, that came out on the NES. they're not going to release though, is the thing. Like, there's a lot of licensed games and stuff yeah. like that. And, like, just shit, like, bad games that they're not going to 29 port. years at the current rate. <laughs> but I think, realistically, there's probably, like, 50 NES games that are worth playing. Yeah, probably. And we probably were, like... And more... 50 NES games that are worth playing that they can get the licensing right. for. Right, so mm-hmm. we're, like, halfway through that already. So it's like, how much longer are they, like, you know, I feel like it's only a matter of time before they're like, hey, we're done with NES games, now we're going to introduce SNES games, and there'll be two of those a month until they reach the limit, yeah. and then they'll be like, alright, Game Boy, alright, N64, like, and we'll just keep moving on. SNES has got to be on the horizon, it was in it was in the recent update it that got, it got, got data pulled mind. out. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they're going to announce that at E3, maybe. Mm, maybe. That That's my guess. A good thing, like I was thinking about this actually, now we're mentioning the SNES library. There's another difference between Nintendo's online service and like PlayStations and Xboxes, and that's that the free games you get every month, if you don't claim the game in that month, you still get it. So on Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. if you started subscribing today, you would get all the back catalogue of SNES games, you'd have access to Tetris, whereas like on PlayStation and Xbox, if you did that, you don't get any of the games that released from the yeah, start. Yeah, that's true. So I guess there's there's maybe a bit more benefit to Nintendo Switch Online in that way. Yeah, I think Nintendo Switch Online is going to prove to be a better value the longer it exists, you know? And, like, I don't think that that's necessarily true of the other offers, you know? Like, because it's not something that's compounding in that same way. But it's certainly got its problems. I'm not, you know... I'm defending it, but I wouldn't say that I'm, like, a, a big fan of it. I just, I think for $20, it's, like... I use it enough. It just felt to me that it was something I got for free for 18 months, and then it was an extra fee I had to pay so I can continue to play Splatoon and Mario Kart every now and again when I wanted to. See, I wasn't even playing those games online, so for me it was very much, it launched and it was like, oh, here's all these NES games. Yes, I want that, so I will pay this $20. And then Tetris came out, and I'm like, yep, worth it. Worth every pretty penny. (laughs) I can't wait to see what the next games are going to be, though. You know, along the same vein as Tetris 99, they must be working on some stuff. I hope so. I mean, they said in their investment call that they had one game specifically this year that was going to be a big driving force for Switch Online subscribers. Whether that was Tetris 99 or whether it's something else, I don't, I don't know. You know, Splatoon, the story mode of it's always been extremely lacking. Yes. I wonder if they'll go down the route of going Splatoon 3. It's free on Nintendo Switch Online if you're a subscriber. I mean, it would be great. I just can't see that logistically in the way they always release maps and extra content that they could it would be financially viable for them to do that i mean if they adopted a different model though where it was free to play but like you pay for skins or something like that so they went down the fortnight for it yeah. i can't see them doing that either especially like the news in the last couple of days where they've been saying to their mobile partners that they want people to pay less for in-app purchases but the thing is they're, if, they're a strange company if people know that like People know they're getting Splatoon for free. Maybe the side benefit for them will be they'll sell more consoles or sell more subscriptions to Nintendo Switch Online, and it might balance itself out overall. It would be awesome if that's the case. Or even if they went 
even if they went with like free to play weekends every now and again like other consoles do you know you could play splatoon for free for a whole weekend because you're a switch online subscriber if you haven't bought it you can download it and and join the matches it would also help sell more copies you know like if they did a free to play weekend for arms i don't think many people have bought arms i haven't bought arms but i'm like if, if it's a dry spell and there's nothing coming out and they do a free to play weekend then i might check out arms and i might go actually yeah this is a decent game i will pick it up they did do those like global test fire things i remember them doing it on wii U. did they do it on switch yeah they've, they've done those on switch it's, it was sort of like a that's really just a network test though yeah because you could only play one map and it was just a test to see if the network stood up shame they didn't do that for smash eh? <laughs> they had a open beta weekend didn't they i'm not for smash i don't think so Oh, I'm thinking what? of Smash 3DS. They did the yeah. demo. Oh, did yeah. they? Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you, like, getting off the negative of Switch Online, what are you most looking forward to in the next year from Switch? Pokemon. Let's go. Gen 8. <laughs> Come on. Sword and Shield. Like, first console Pokemon. It's a new Pokemon. It's in a new, like, locale. Like, everything about that is super appealing to me. And it's something that, like, there aren't really any Nintendo games that I get as excited for as much as Pokemon, because even though that like they often disappoint me more than like <laughs> say a Zelda or a Mario, like it's just it's it's very close to my heart, you know. Like Pokemon's where I live, so I'm I'm very excited for that, and I'm more excited for the things we don't know about though, you know, because like I really am waiting for more new IP. Like Town is really exciting to me because it's fresh. I want more things like Arms and Splatoon. Like, I want more new, weird IP, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I love the established Nintendo stuff already, obviously. But I hate that they're so slow to roll out new IP these days, you know? like it's The last one was Arms, wasn't it? The last new one? Yeah, yeah. And, like, who knows if that's ever coming back. Sushi Striker was the last one. That is that's not a Nintendo IP though, is it? It was published by them, but I think it's owned by someone else. Yeah, Same think... as like Octopath is a Square Enix IP. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. But it was published by Nintendo. Yeah, and like that's kind of that's kind of what I'm talking about. You know, it's like I feel like Nintendo has a very similar problem to uh, to like Marvel in that way, where like all of Marvel's relevant characters were created by like five ish people over the course <laughs> of like ten years, and then like. It's, you know, like, that's, like, this is the stuff. This is the thing people care about. You know, people care about Mario and Zelda and, you know, and, like, that's, these are the things that we push because people care about them. And until they have, like, a Fire Emblem-style thing where it's like, oh, shit, people are buying this, like, hotcakes. I guess it's relevant. They don't, I feel like they're content to just keep, you know, maintaining their stable rather than being, like, let's try a new thing. And... That's disappointing to me because Splatoon was really cool and different and has obviously paid dividends. And I thought ARMS was super cool and innovative and I loved it. So it's like, I want more Are you of still that. playing ARMS though? I'm not still playing it, no, but it didn't have enough content. That's the problem. That's the thing with Splatoon is it had like hardly any content at launch. And it was really disappointing that Splatoon 2 didn't even have all the maps from the original Splatoon. But it was, it was purposeful. And I saw another GDC talk from them that showed when they did the weekends with the Splatfests, the amount of players that came back online to join into those tournaments was phenomenal. And the the purpose of rolling out content over the course of like two years 
um, like additional weapons and additional maps as it would kind of slow off and people would just be like, oh, I'm kind of bored of this game now. They would add more content and people will come back. That's what they need to do with all of their games like that. They need to treat it like a service game. Like, ARMS didn't get that support. So, like, even though, like, Splatoon was a little content light, it, like, it kept getting updates and it had weekly events and it, it had reasons for you to keep coming back if you enjoyed the core loop. And ARMS didn't have that. And then eventually the player base fell off and the only people that were left were people who were extremely good. And, you know, it just became a point where I was like, well, I can't really get any better because the only people left are just bodying me. So it's like I yeah. kind of t- I was near the top of the ranked, uh, you know, matchmaking. But like I hit a plateau, you know, where I'm like, I'm not getting better. I don't have anybody that's at my level to practice against. So I'm kind of done with this. I wonder if they'll go with go looking for another game like Splatoon. Splatoon is very much like that accidental esports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they never really expected it, I don't think, to go down the public tournaments and having all of all of that stuff involved with it. I wonder if they'll actively seek out another one of those because it's obviously been very lucrative for them. I think that's what ARMS was supposed to be. I think that was their esport game and it just didn't hit off right. Well, and I, I wonder if what you're suggesting, Steve, is maybe what they were hinting at when they were talking about um, oh, we have this big game that's going to tie in in Nintendo Switch Online. Like, could be a new IP that we're just not aware of that is, you know, an online-only game like Splatoon. We don't know what Monolith Soft are working on yet, and based on like all the job recruitment things, it seems like some kind of. I'd go as as far as stretching it to maybe an MMO, um, but otherwise like a an RPG. But that seemed to have online aspects to it, so that could be the game. That could be because if they released an MMO on switch i think that would go down quite well with people so maybe that's what they're planning for the next stage in the nintendo switch online kind of path even if it's not an mmo i think something where you can play with friends in an rpg would be would be really welcome you know something like destiny where you join up with a with just a few friends and you can go into like an instance based mission or the wander around the world and bump into actual so people kind of, kind of like a monster hunter did that kind of thing didn't they where you could yeah, like Monster mm-hmm. Hunter World, yeah. Yeah, like maybe some sort of like collaborative kind of thing like that. I, I could that plays with Nintendo's like mantra too of like we want people to play together and you know like all mm-hmm. that I I could see something like that working. But yeah, I think the only other thing I'm really anticipating is like where where's can we, can we get Netflix on this fucking thing already? Like what's <laughs> oh, going on? Okay. I, like, I, it's, I, it's, I couldn't it's so I really annoying. couldn't care less if they bring Netflix to my Switch. No, me neither. Like uh, it's I can so watch annoying. It everywhere. It, I like I do, but I also don't. Like I have a Switch dock in my bedroom and it's the only thing I have in my bedroom right now and it's like when I want to watch The Office at night, I'm just like ah, I got to pull it up on my phone. It's it's annoying. You, you it's can annoying. buy like a 10 pound dongle to do all that for your TV, you know. You're lucky that you got you've got the office on Netflix, right? We have to go through Amazon's awful. Well, that's you know. Thing. Hey, maybe you guys should move to the states. I don't know what to tell you. Hey, I, I got to watch <laughs> Parks and Rec for Amazon, so I'm not complaining about Amazon Prime. Yeah, they've got all the good ones. They've got Office and um, Parks and Rec. They've bought them off of Netflix, I think. Mm, all right. So, Steve, what games are you really looking forward to in the upcoming mm, year? Uh, I wonder if you can guess which one I'm most looking forward to. Pikmin so. Four. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, Animal Crossing. I'm most looking forward to Animal Crossing of what they've announced. And probably Luigi's Mansion 3. I really enjoyed the first one. Never played the second one because I never really bothered with a 3DS. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Animal Crossing. I'm looking forward to see what else they've, they've got up their sleeves. But Animal Crossing is like a top three thing for me too. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I think as for me and games coming up, 
Pokemon ones, definitely interesting. You know, Let's Go got me back into that. Link's Awakening, I'm really excited oh, yeah, for that. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot. How could you forget about yeah. that? Yeah. That's huge for me too. Okay, that's probably my number one because it looks it looks incredible. And I want to see what they're going to do with the Zelda franchise next because I know this is a stepping stone game. Like Link's Awakening is what Wind Waker HD was to Breath of the Wild, so I'm interested to see where Zelda goes next. Now it's open world. Now they've got this amazing engine, and um, be interesting to see where they go. Agreed. I think uh, that is definitely that's a good place to leave it. Is that in general, I'm very excited to see where things go because it's been a great two years and i think uh we've got a lot more really cool stuff ahead of us with the switch you know um so yeah it's it's gonna be exciting to see where we're at at the end of 2019 when we're sitting down for episode uh 52 or whatever it's gonna be (laughs) when we hit the year mark and uh evaluating how how we looked in 2019 I, i think it's gonna be another strong year so if you want to let us know the story of how you got your switch uh, your top games, disappointments, wish lists, anticipations, any of that stuff. You can hit us up at the podcast at G. I almost just Geo. said Gmail again. Geo, Jesus T-S. Christ. At Geosites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find us at uh, podcast at loopots.com. That's P O T S C A S T at loopots.com. Follow at loopots on Twitter. Visit us at loopots.com. Go find us on twitch.tv slash loopots or. Head over to youtube.com slash loopots. And if you're already there, make sure you give this episode of the podcast a like, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, click that notification bell so you know when our videos go live. Oh, and then if you're an audio listener, give us a like on your platform of choice. Give us that sweet five-star review over on iTunes so that more people can come find our show and uh, all that good stuff. You guys know how to internet. Just get the word out <laughs> that we're doing good work. You appreciate what we're doing and that you think uh, that they might like to come join us for the ride as you have. So, Potsheads, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We'll catch you all next week. Damn it. Damn it.